All content discussed on Hypochondriactor are the individual opinions of Dr. Priyanka Wally and Sean Hayes and should not be construed as personalized medical advice. By listening to this podcast, you agree not to use this podcast as medical advice to treat any medical condition in either yourself or others. Consult your own physician for any medical issues that you may be having. This entire disclaimer also applies to any guests or contributors to the podcast. I'm Dr. Priyanka Wally, medical doctor and stand-up comedian. And I'm Sean Hayes, actor and hypochondriac. It's safe to say that I'm not America's first hypochondriac, but I am America's first hypochondriactor. Good morning. Hey, Sean, good morning. Good morning to you. I have a question for you. Oh, I love it. What are your thoughts on kale? (laughs) (laughs) That's such a funny opener. Hey, like on a first date or something, like speed, or like speed dating. Cents? Yeah, it's like. <laughs> what are your thoughts on kale? Yeah, um, it's very controversial. Kale is is I'm not a fan. Only be well, you know. Look, so I don't eat spinach because it's high oxalate because kidney stones, right? Okay. So uh-huh. so high oxalate foods cause kidney stones, uh-huh. and so the alternative to that is kale. There's a lot of alternative lettuces and leafy greens. Whatever. Greens, yeah. But kale, I just don't. No matter how much dressing you put on, no matter how much, I just can't get it. It's like you're chewing endlessly. Right. And right. it doesn't it doesn't like break up like regular like bib lettuce or butter lettuce. I feel you. So last night I cooked kale and Are you surprised I have such a long opinion on it? I love that you have this much of an opinion on it. So there's different types of kale. I don't yeah. know if you know there's there's one called um dino kale or yeah. Lacinato kale, which it's it's kind of like certain American families. I don't care <laughs> where you are in the family tree, you're always gonna be horrible. <laughs> <laughs> that is so funny. Usually I can, I eat dino kale, but last night I got, I think it's um, just regular curly kale. Sure, and curly kale. my body was like, oh no, we're not doing this. Oh, no. in what way? Did you barf it just, up? I, I had like the worst reflux. That Oh, acid reflux. I, I was just sitting there and I was like, whoa. My body was like, no, we're not doing this. Well, first of all, it's curly. <laughs> it's not straight. So it's going to be harder to digest. <laughs> Right. It's queer. Is it queer it's, kale? <laughs> it's queer kale. It's curly. You said it's curly. Yeah, it's. I think it's traditional like curly kale. Yeah, so <laughs> which really yeah. sounds like someone who would be performing with Randy Rainbow or something <laughs> like that. You know what I mean? I like, know. Hey guys, if you like Randy Rainbow, you'll love curly kale. Curly kale. <laughs> yeah, that's so funny. Yeah, no, but but uh, just stick to regular. Uh, what's that called? Like a head of a lettuce. What's the regular yeah, yeah, lettuce yeah. called? Right, like. Like a wedge. Butter lettuce, butter, yeah, butter lettuce, lettuce or, or just wedge, like iceberg. Iceberg, yeah. yeah. I, I think I outdid myself, really. Yeah, I also don't understand how pe- why people like, I love this topic. I also don't understand <laughs> why people like like bitter tasting lettuce. Like, oh. um, Well, there's some interesting, so from a traditional Chinese medicine perspective, which full disclosure is not, I have not been trained in that, but from, right. I share office space with an acupuncturist. So from what I understand, certain bitter foods can actually be helpful when there are certain stuck energies that Mm -hmm. need to be moved. Um, There's this condition in traditional Chinese medicine called stuck liver chi or liver chi stagnation, which is basically when you have issues with anger and holding in your emotions, 
And bitter foods apparently are part of the like treatment plan. Yeah, the only thing I'm eating with bitterness is bitter honey. And I'm going to have like 10, 10, <laughs> of, 10 pieces bitter. of bitter honey. Um, <laughs> a little bit of honey. All right, so listen, this is another bonus episode. So I'm so excited. Yeah. We have two callers we're going to talk about. And then we're going to talk about the recent story with Jeremy Renner. How awful mm-hmm. is that? Thank God he's okay. Oh my God. Yeah. So many Jeremy Renner fans, including myself and you, mm-hmm. are like, we're, we're rooting him on and, and, and wishing him the best. And so, we're going to get into what happened and all that. But before we talk about Jeremy's accident, let's hear from our listeners. The first recorded message is one from somebody named Sherry. Let's listen to Sherry. Hi, Sean and Priyanka. My name is Sherry. I'm in the Sacramento area, California. Oh, nice. Yeah. And love your show. Um, so the reason I'm calling is I heard the latest episode and I really enjoyed your conversation about dental work. And, um, and how do you both view it? And I thought I'd share my little bit of my dental history. I grew up in the military, so my father was in the Air Force. So for whatever reason, when he retired in 1971, I was 11 years old, and it was the first time I went to a civilian dentist, I realized the military had never given me anesthesia. <gasps> so meaning when I got filling because of cavities, I didn't get any Novocaine at the time. Oh, uh, so oh my God. To this day, and I am not afraid to share my age, 62, I typically do not get anesthesia or get numb when I get a filling or when I get a crown. I hate the way it makes me feel. Oh, my. So I just don't do it. I've gotten used to it. And it all started from my childhood. When I tell people that, they're a little surprised. And sometimes appalled, but yeah. I thought I would share. Oh Thank you. Bye. Sherry. Oh my gosh. Wow. wow. Oh, Sherry. <laughs> Our teeth. Hold <laughs> on. Wait a minute. That's so crazy. As I was listening to this message, Sean, I literally could feel my stomach tightening. Just yeah. imagining the idea of doing any dental work without any anesthesia. No, I can't. I'm getting a crown next week. I was was sort of thinking about what she was talking about because I got a cavity at 52 years old. Oh, right, right, right. right. And so I'm like, how in the world can you not have anesthesia or Novocaine? But but I missed the part. Why didn't she get? She missed. I get. I guess in the military they <laughs> didn't use it during that time. I I just think it's inhumane to do dental work without anesthetics. I like, know, but but my God, she's probably like the toughest person. I mean, yeah, of anybody Sherry, I know. You must have an extremely high pain thresholds. Yeah, or you developed a really strong coping mechanism to really intense mouth pain because. If this was done to me, I'd be on the chandelier. Yeah. Like I, yeah. I don't think I'd be able to go. It just wouldn't happen. Yeah, you yeah, know the, what I mean? the, yeah. The, the, the high, the high threshold for mouth pain. I mean, if she ever came over in the morning and, and I breathed on her, she would feel a different kind of pain. <laughs> that's that that you. She wished she would have been. Oh, put that's under. hilarious. So wait, about your cavity. Do we have a root yeah. cause? Get it. Get. <laughs> By the way, I'm laughing at that. I'm laughing at that. Um, uh, I, who knows? Is this your first cavity? Oh my God, no! Oh, okay. Filled. My mouth okay. is filled with cavities. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah, because you know, growing up, I think we talked about this before, but growing up, like my mom raised five kids by herself, yes. and she worked all the time, and my dad left when I was really, really little, and so not mm-hmm. a lot of parenting going on. So nobody yelling at me, brush your teeth, brush your teeth. 
And so, of course, now I floss and brush like crazy. But mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. but growing up, I was just like candy. And then I yeah. brush my teeth every once in a while until mm-hmm. I was like in high school and be like, wait a minute. There's so many cavities. <laughs> right. This isn't right. This isn't yeah. right. Right. Yeah, junior high. I think it was junior high. You're going to have tons of anesthesia on you next week when you get the root canal. Oh, like, before, <laughs> even the night before, just to go night, just to take a little even nine Right nine. now, you're yeah. actually, you're, you're anesthetized for it right now. now. Yeah, There's actually I, a puppet manning you. Oh, yeah. Sherry, thank you so much for sharing that. And props to you and the strength that you have yeah. around that. Yeah, good God. I'd give it, yeah. I, I'd give anything for a tenth of that. Oh my um, goodness. Okay, thanks, Cher. So next is Colleen. Let's hear from Colleen. Hi, Sean and Priyanka. My name's Colleen. I love your show. Um, I'm calling to let you know about a diagnosis I got a year and a half ago. I had bunion surgery on my left foot. I had had mm. it on the right foot, genetic in my family. And so I kind of went in, had it on the right foot years ago, knew what to expect. And as soon as within a couple of days, I felt like something was wrong in terms of it healing. I actually ended up cutting the bandage off myself because I was in so much pain, oh my God. which is unusual mm. for me. So after three or four visits back to the orthopedist, I was told I had complex regional pain syndrome, which mm-hmm. I had never heard of. And I wasn't given much more information than that, honestly. And so I went home and looked it up and was pretty horrified. Mm. Um, it's overactive sympathetic nervous system. It's called the suicide disease and it's Ugh. the highest pain level ranking on the McGill pain scale. What? Mm-hmm. Uh, luckily, I was diagnosed very quickly. So I was able to go to treatments like ketamine infusions mm-hmm. and I'm on a bunch of different supplements and it has mm. driven it into remission, but it took about six months to get there and it can always flare back up at any time, especially with injury or even something as minor as getting blood drawn. Right. So I am on guard for that. I will have it the rest of my life. It's pretty rare. So I don't know if you know, have heard of it before. Mm-hmm. And I'm hoping that current research will come up with a better treatment plan. But for now, I know I'm lucky just to have it in remission. And I love your show. Thank you so much for everything you do. You guys are the best. Mm, thank you, uh, Colleen, thanks, for Colleen. that. Wow. So, 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 first of all, a bunion is not funyun. Yeah. Ever. Amen it's to not, that. Right. Yeah. So, but <laughs> thank God she's okay. But wait, I don't understand. First of all, yeah. I didn't understand there's a pain scale. I need one in my house. Right. <laughs> and, uh, and what, so complex regional pain or whatever that is. Yeah. Let me, let me break it down for you. So it's called complex regional pain syndrome. And the name kind of tells you a lot about what is actually going on. It's a pain syndrome. Yeah of a body region, regional, so of a body region. It's usually in the limbs, but it can happen anywhere. And it's complex because we don't really understand the mechanism behind how this happens, but we do know that it tends to occur after some kind of injury or fracture or trauma to the body. Like surgery. Yeah, surgery would be a condition that could elicit or cause complex regional pain syndrome. But basically you have this syndrome of pain, and it can be as simple as pain, swelling, your range of motion is limited. Basically, the nerves are more sensitive, and they think inflammation plays a role, but we don't still have a clear understanding of how Uh this happens. But the key is that someone's going to have pain much longer than you would anticipate after a surgery or an injury or sprain okay, so or something like that. Okay, so it's just random then? 
It's just like I, well, it's just it, like I, I had. It's like I had the surgery, and now I have this condition. Yeah, a syndrome essentially, where the pain continues disproportionately to the time uh, that you would I see. expect. I see. And I there's see. different types. Like type one is that the nerves are not injured. Type two is that if there is injury to the nerve and they have different subtypes, like there's a warm subtype where the skin as part of the syndrome becomes warm. And then there's a cold subtype where the skin can become cold. But, you know, there are treatment options like Colleen, I'm glad you were able to find regimens like there is data to show that ketamine is really helpful for chronic yeah. pain and then you're on the supplement so i'm glad you're in remission yeah yeah thank god I'm, yeah I'm, I, I hope it never comes back this just sounds terrible yeah you know the thing about physical pain is that it's evolutionarily designed to draw attention to something happening within our body so that we actually tend to it right yeah. pain is an important signal and Pain can come from physical trauma, but also yeah. emotional trauma, right? Yeah, yeah, we know yeah, yeah. emotional trauma can also lead to actual physical pain. So yeah, it sounds like a really sort of challenging situation, but Colleen, uh, you know, you're fortunate that you were yeah. able to get it under control. You know, this is more common in females, especially after menopause. Oh, really? Yeah. Um, what I'm glad she didn't have pain about is calling in and sharing her story. Yes, yes. There was no regional pain. <laughs> no, there was no pain. And, and so, guys, if you want to call pain-free, so, guys, if you want to call pain-free, the number to leave <laughs> us a message is 323-529-6031. Again, 323-529-6031. Keep sharing your stories with us. We love it. Now, let's get to our medical story of the day. This is Jeremy Renner, who we love from everything. Got a million yeah. movies. She's just such a wonderful actor. I met him a couple of times. Such a nice guy. Uh-huh. He broke more than 30 bones. Can 30, you imagine? 30, in a snowplow accident on New Year's Day. I mean... Yeah. The story goes that like he was actually trying to help someone. This little yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And I mean, he's this superhero in these Marvel stories, but he's also literally a real life superhero. Right, you know? right. To <laughs> totally. He was injured by a snowplow while clearing a driveway near his Nevada home. And then he was left with like blunt chest trauma and orthopedic injuries, which are bone injuries. Right. Mm -hmm. And so while in his snowcat, the vehicle started to uncontrollably slide toward his five-year-old nephew. And then this is what I've learned from the press. I don't know if it's true. I think it is true. Renner jumped out of the snowcat to save his nephew and he didn't turn on the parking brake. And then he yeah. was pulled under the snowcat. And so then he was crushed or something underneath. It's just so awful to hear. But he was crushed underneath the vehicle and then he got airlifted and he went under surgeries and he was in the hospital for two weeks and he celebrated yeah. his 52nd birthday. By the way, happy birthday, Jeremy. I'm so glad happy you were, birthday. You're here yes. <laughs> yeah. to celebrate. But wait, so I don't quite understand. Also, I don't understand what it means to have your chest cave in. Like, what does yeah. that mean? Okay, so your penis might start hurting for this uh -oh. one. So just uh -oh. brace yourself. So like, okay. according to the 911, one call log, Renner was completely crushed, right? So yeah. basically, whatever crushed him, it basically took his ribs and they went in to his lungs. And oh my God. Yeah. Really? So that's when when we say your lungs caved in or your chest caved in, it's like imagine a big metal object basically piercing into your chest and making your chest, which usually puffs out it's now puffing in. Wow. The thing you want to think about when you see someone who has been crushed by a car and you're seeing that they have a hard time breathing, yeah. you want to think, has their lung collapsed? 
or are right. they bleeding into their lungs? Right, 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 right. Yeah. It's so weird. I think of a lung as like, just like an, I know it's an organ, but I think of it yeah. as like a, um, a solid organ. I don't feel like it's filled so like a balloon. You know what it I mean? It is. It's actually when you, if you've ever, well, you, this will never, I mean, if you ever no, end never, up doing nope, a like autopsy course nope, or something won't happen. like that. It'll never yeah, happen. It'll never happen. But the lungs are actually really spongy. They're oh, really? like these wet sponges, but they're obviously aerated. Yeah. It reminds me a lot of a sponge. But yeah, if your lung collapses or you have blood in the lungs, then you're not going to get oxygen supply. And then the next thing you want to ask is like, is the person's blood pressure stable, right? Because if their yeah. vital signs aren't stable, like they don't have a pulse, you need to call 911 and then start CPR immediately. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, you know, here's something else. I, I hope, I'm, my God, I hope his nephew is okay. Like, I, know. I, I haven't heard anything about that. I assume because we haven't heard right. that the nephew that he was trying to save is he saved. And yeah. um, so I, I hope that's true. I don't know. Yeah, totally. But wait, um, uh, what's the difference between airlifting and, and just taking somebody in an ambulance? Why? Because of the just weather conditions or why? So typically, if someone's living out in a place that's pretty remote, yeah, it's faster to fly them to a level one trauma center because you got to go to a hospital. But it seems like forever for the uh, to call nine one one the air, then they have to get the helicopter, then the helicopter has to travel. Like I don't know, it just seems like it would take longer. I mean, we don't know where exactly this was happening. It was somewhere in Nevada. So like the closest major hospital could have been like a yeah. three hour drive. Yeah, yeah. So then it's like, do you want to do half an hour by a helicopter or three hour drive? Obviously yeah. you want to well, choose a helicopter. Clear, they don't clear, they clearly don't have a San Vicente Boulevard like we do in, <laughs> in Los Angeles, which is just cut right through the whole city. <laughs> There's no cedars in Nevada, unfortunately. <laughs> right, right. Um, okay. Yeah, but uh, you know, the fact that he was airlifted is more evidence of how serious and life-threatening this was. You know, yeah. when someone has that kind of a serious injury, time is life. Yeah, for Every sure. second counts. For sure. Especially if they've lost their blood flow to their brain because time is brain. Every second that they go without brain blood flow is potential brain damage. I wonder how long it took. I wonder how long he was lying there I, yeah, yeah, I can't even think about it. It makes me so sad. So, but the good news is he's okay. He's doing great. Yeah, he's in recovery. Yeah, it's wonderful to see. I know. What kind of recovery is someone looking at for like 30 broken bones? I mean, yeah. it's a long road, isn't it? Yeah, so lots and lots of physical therapy. You might need something called occupational therapy where you learn how to do like basic things like, yeah. you know, putting your socks on or being able to comb your hair, like because there's so much pain. So lots and lots of therapy. I mean, heck, he might even need talk therapy to talk about the, yeah, the yeah, trauma of the sure. entire incident. Um, sure. So lots and lots of therapy. And I, I just want to be clear, it takes time. Healing takes yeah. time. You cannot rush healing. Well, being an actor, he's probably uh, okay with the drama of all of it. <laughs> right. Yes, he's there's probably, also drama therapy. He, he's probably come back from the drama. Oh, my uh, goodness. But, oh, my gosh. Jeremy, if you're listening again, thank God you're okay. Uh, we're rooting for a quick recovery for you. Yes. And you're always welcome to come on the show if you want to talk to us about it. We'd love to hear from you directly. And guys, thank you for all listening to this a bonus episode. And if there's a medical story you'd like us to cover in another future bonus episode, please leave us a message. We, we will definitely work on that. We love to hear from you. Okay, guys, until next time, don't worry. Be healthy. Bye. Bye.
Hypochondria Actor is a Hazy Mills production hosted by me, Sean Hayes, and Dr. Priyanka Wally. Rebecca Eisenberg and Todd Milliner are our executive producers. Production and editing is by Rabbit Grin Productions. Original music by Scott Eisenogle and Leo Rosner. This is a Hazy Mills production. All content discussed on Hypochondriactor are the individual opinions of Dr. Priyanka Wally and Sean Hayes and should not be construed as personalized medical advice. By listening to this podcast, you agree not to use this podcast as medical advice to treat any medical condition in either yourself or others. Please consult your own physician for any medical issues that you may be having. This entire disclaimer also applies to any guests or contributors to the podcast.